Hi, this is Mona, and this is Aaliyah. You are listening to A Devil's Tale. Today's story was one of Taiwan's most infamous criminal cases, but it was only the start of a crime spree that terrorized the island and ended with its first international hostage situation attracting global attention. During this crime spree, parents would insist on picking up their children from school. Girls didn't dare to go out at night. Tai Xiaoyan was born on June twenty third, nineteen eighty. She was the only daughter of popular Taiwanese TV host and actress Pai Pingbing and Japanese author Iki Kajiwara. Xiaoyan's parents divorced when she was one year old. Her father had an affair and became abusive towards her mom. Xiaoyan and her mother Bingbing returned to Taiwan, and she was raised by her mother alone. Xiaoyan disappeared after leaving for her school, Xingwu High School, on the morning of April fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Her family received a ransom note demanding around five hundred thousand dollars, along with a severed piece of her pinky finger and a photograph of a bound girl. Pressing Taiwan first reported the incident on April twenty-third, nineteen ninety-seven, so about nine days after the incident happened. Which contradicted the accepted practice of reporting the kidnapping after its resolution. Some of the pre-planned ransom drops were aborted when kidnappers spotted police and media tailing Pai Pingping. However, after the abductors negotiated with the police for eleven days and changed the locations of payment more than twenty times, the police finally decoded the communication methods used by the abductors. In the subsequent police raid, one suspect was arrested, while two others escaped after an intense gunfight with the police. Pai Xiaoyan's mutilated body, weighted down with dumbbells, was found in a drainage ditch on April twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-seven. Investigators said that she had been dead for ten days before her body's discovery. Ransom negotiations had continued after the likely time of her death. An impersonator placed a telephone call to give her mother Bingbing the impression that her daughter was still alive. Xiaoyan was also apparently tortured before her death. The photograph of her naked, dead body was leaked to the mass media, including the China Times. So twelve suspects were arrested, but three of the main criminals, Chen Qixing, Ling Chunshan, and Ko Timing, escaped. A fourth person, the brother-in-law of Chen, was suspected of involvement, but his sentence was eventually overturned due to insufficient evidence. An island-wide manhunt began, and the police were ordered to fatally shoot and kill the suspects without warning if they showed any signs of resistance. While being pursued, the trio abducted a Taipei County councilor in June nineteen ninety seven and a businessman surnamed Chen in August nineteen ninety seven. On August nineteenth, the trio was spotted by two police officers in Taipei. A brief exchange of fire ensued, and Lin turned the gun on himself after he was shot six times. 
One of the officers was killed and the other one was wounded. Reinforcement was immediately rushed to the neighborhood, and more than 800 officers conducted a thorough search, which turned up nothing. On October 23, 1997, Ko and Chen went into a plastic surgery clinic. Chen held the on duty nurse hostage at gunpoint and forced the plastic surgeon, Dr. Fang, to perform eye, cheek, and lip surgery on Ko. After Dr. Fang finished the surgeries, his eyes were taped shut and was dragged to the bathroom. Ko and Chen then taped shut the wife and nurse's eyes, bounded their feet, and handcuffed their hands. Around 3.30 p.m. on the same day, they shot and killed Dr. Fang and his wife. Chen then proceeded to rape the nurse, and Ko shot her to death afterwards. Police also found out that the clinic hired a nurse named Wu in March. Then she abruptly left her position after a month, and all of her contact info was fake. In the same month, that's when the murder of Xiao Yan happened. Police matched the drugs used on Xiao Yan back to this clinic. They believed this nurse Wu was working with Chen. During their fugitive days, Ko and Chen would go into people's apartments, rape the women, and rob them. The police said they raped at least 20 women during this time. The oldest victim was in her 60s, and the youngest was only 13 years old. Ko eventually was spotted by the police and shot himself when police attempted to arrest him. The last criminal, Chen Chi Xing, broke into the residence of Colonel Edward McGill Alexander, a South African military officer to Taipei, and took the family hostage. At around 7 p.m. on November 18, 1997, so this is seven months after they killed Xiao Yan, Chen forcefully entered the Alexander house via the garage. The first person to see him was McGill Alexander's 12-year-old daughter, Christine, who was playing piano at the time. Chen put his arm around her neck and forced her to walk upstairs where the rest of the family was. Chen instructed the other daughter, Melanie Alexander, at gunpoint to call CNN. She phoned her friend Michael, who worked at CNN. Within an hour, media outlets were alerted to the situation and police officers surrounded the house. As police surrounded the house, they reportedly taunted Chen. As the police advanced towards the house, after Chen had warned them to stay away, he opened fire with one of his guns. The other one was kept pointed at Mulaney, whom he was using as a human shield. After repeated begging by Mr. Alexander, Chen released Mulaney and instead took Mr. Alexander as a human shield. By this point, the police had entered the house via the garage door. Chen fired shots at the police surging up the stairs to his position, and then they retreated back to the garage. As Chen was firing at police, one of his shots went through Melanie's wrist and into her back, lodging between two arteries in her pelvis. Mr. Alexander was also shot in the leg. Chen had promised to release the hostages if Frank Shea, a renowned local politician, would personally come to negotiate. At 9 p.m., Frank Shea arrived. Negotiations started at 10 p.m. with success ensuring the release of Mr. Alexander and Mulaney for treating their wounds. 
further negotiations ended in the release of the family's foster son and Christine. Mrs. Alexander was the last hostage released by Chen. The release of Mrs. Alexander on November 19, 1997, brought an end to the crisis. After being granted media access, Chen confessed to the April kidnapping of Xiao Yan and other crimes. Chen was born in 1958, when he was in elementary school. Even though his grades were decent, he often stole from school and bullied other kids. His grandmother and mother transferred him to a different school in a different city, thinking a new environment would help him. When he was in high school, he often broke school rules, and eventually he dropped out. His stepdad, who worked in construction, got him job repairing temples and churches. However, Chen was caught stealing water heaters from his job and was sent to juvie for a couple years. When Chen got out. He ran into a former classmate and stabbed the person. The motive he gave the police was he simply didn't like the way his classmate looked on that day. Chen definitely already had a violent streak before he kidnapped Xiao Yan. Chen was actually married with two sons, and it seems the children were eventually adopted by an American couple who lived in Taiwan. Chen was executed on October sixth, nineteen ninety nine, after being convicted in December nineteen ninety eight for kidnapping, murder, and multiple counts of sexual assaults. But so when he was waiting for his execution, Chen actually became a Christian, and the thing that he did was he agreed to donate his heart, lungs, kidneys, and corneas to patients in need. And so, after his execution, his body was moved to a renowned memorial hospital in Taipei. Can you imagine having his organs inside of you? No, that's why I put this in because I was like, no, I'd rather die than having a rapist, murderer, and kidnapper's organ inside of me. I feel like the body carries these memories. I'm just not down with that. I mean, I would probably take the organ over dying. But I would be very grossed out by it. I feel really bad for that celebrity, though. Oh yeah, so especially the paparazzi, not just legitimate journalism, but there's there were so many paparazzi that were following her around when this kidnap happened because you know for so long they don't know if the girl is alive or dead or what's going on, and so that's like the headline of every day. But that. Definitely detoured the investigation and their negotiation with the kidnappers. And if the kidnappers, as we know, are this crazy, they're not going to be happy that she is being followed by a big group of people every day. It kind of, you know, makes them mad. To this day, she's still very active, and she will talk about this. And it's very interesting because I don't think she was a particularly political person before this happened to her daughter. I'm not the biggest fan of death penalty, and Taiwan being, you know, trying to be progressive and trying to be with the times. They also started talking about this issue of death penalty, and most Asian countries have death penalty. But I do think that in recent years, it's less and less unless someone is really, really crazy. And so I do know that in recent years, Taiwan was trying to—I don't know if they were trying to abolish it or just, you know, trying to make it not happen as much. I think Bing Bing went out on the street 
and was very vocal about she is in support of death penalty. I've never lost someone to a horrific crime like this. Emotionally, I completely understand where she's coming from. I wouldn't judge her for having that opinion at all after experiencing something like that. Yeah. And honestly speaking, now have researched on especially the main guy, Chen, who he was as a person. Theoretically, yes, everyone deserves a chance and this and that. But like, it's very hard to feel that way after reading everything he's done, you know? Yeah, 100%. I'm very torn. I also think the revenge side of me, like if I was to think of my emotional side, I feel like death is so final that there's nothing really being done versus being forced to serve or do something with benefits to society. I see what you're saying. You almost feel like death is relieving them. Like they don't have to sit with their guilt. They don't have to think about what they've done. They're just gone. Right. Interesting. That's a very interesting point. I never thought about it that way. Because I think that it depends on your religious beliefs, but I do think that for most people, death is sort of like the ultimate punishment, right? I mean, that's why there's death penalty. If you were in her shoes, though, would you want Chen to get death penalty or you want like a life sentence with some sort of really intense punishment or he has to do it every day? I would say life sentence. Without parole, though. Without parole. I would not feel comfortable such a long history of abuse i would not feel comfortable so i would want them locked away but i would want them to do years of service i think he's pretty ballsy that he went to a foreigner a government official's house who's not even taiwanese and then the reason they were like raping these women during their run was so they could have enough money to run and buy food and stuff. It wasn't really to even get rich or go to another country or something. So in a way, I don't feel like there are these people who plan out this master plan where, oh, I'm going to steal this chandelier and rob this bank and go to South America and live out the rest of my days or something. It's more like I'm a fucking crazy criminal. I just want to hurt people. Hmm. It's just impulsive. To all of our listeners, thank you for all of your support so far. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at A Devil's Tale. Please say hi in the comment section and feel free to DM us. If you have any feedback and story requests, you can email us at adevilstale at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you have enjoyed all the stories so far. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next time. <laughs>